Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Tuesday Night's Jaw. Um, today's one of those list episodes that I like to do. Obviously, we are on the Distraction Pieces Network. Let's not forget that. Uh, do please check out all the other Distraction Pieces Network podcasts uh, and support the network in general because it's a lovely place for us to do our podcasting. Um, uh, and to get some other plugs out of the way, me, my website, jimsmorman.com. Point people at this podcast, jimsmorman.com slash TNJ. And my little wrestling company is called Progress. Uh, I co-own that with my friends, John and Glenn. Uh, and if you want to find out more about that, it's progresswrestling.com. Um, all our shows coming up have pretty much sold out. Sorry about that. We have got a show in London on Sunday, which we're very excited about. Just had a great show in Manchester this past Sunday. Um, no spoilers here, luckily, because the show's not on demand-progress.com just yet. Uh, but it will be by the end of the week in time for the show at the weekend, which is our fifth anniversary. More on that in a second. Um, also, if you happen to be going out to WrestleMania, which we're also going to be talking about during this podcast, then um, come and see us. Uh, we're part of two shows. We're part of our own little show, completely on our own, um, uh, as part of uh, WWN's More Than Mania. So it's morethanmania.com if you want to buy tickets. Apparently, um, our little show is the best-selling indie show um, over WrestleMania weekend, which is crazy if you think about it, because we're British. Um, so we're on at noon on the Friday, noon American time on the Friday. We'll also be on uh, WWNlive.com uh, via iPay-Per-View, uh, which is the first we ever see me doing some ring announcing and try not to swear too much because apparently there'll be children at the show. Um, uh, but um, ah, they're American, they're always swearing. So, um, yeah, so uh, you can do all that with our show. Uh, if you're coming out to Orlando and you want to come see us, morethanmania.com. Uh, our show, our standalone show is at noon on the Friday and then we are also uh, doing a, show, a joint show, the uh, uh, Mercury Rising WWN Super Show. We're a big part of that. It is subtitled Progress versus Evolve. Some matches have already been announced for that um, from a progress point of view. Um, so we'll be there for that, um, uh, which is on the Saturday evening. Uh, so, uh, you know, again, if you want to come along, morethanmania.com if you happen to be in Orlando. Obviously, if you are in Orlando, whether you see me at our show or you see me... Uh, WrestleMania or anywhere else around Orlando in a shopping mall buying peanut butter related sweets for my wife then you must high five me again no explanation just walk up to me and high five me it happens a lot now happened a hell of a lot of progress on Sunday um, to the point where I've realised I need to get better at high fives I am lame um, but I try my best you know so you just come and high five me it's always good to always good to do so so Today's is uh, today's episode of Tuesday Night Jaw is a two-pronged list episode. Um, next week is a Tuesday Night Jaw meets episode. Um, it's it's something I've been looking forward to doing and someone I've been looking forward to talking to for quite some time. Now, when I start hyping it up, you're going to go, oh, it's going to be a huge name. It's, it's not. Um, it's a British wrestler. Um, it's someone I've had 
quite a bit to do with uh, during the course of his career, but he's not super, super, super experienced or anything like that. Um, it's not the Jimmy Havoc one that will be happening later in the year. Um, but it's he's a member of the Progress roster and just someone I've got a lot of time for because of his story. And I don't want to elaborate too much now, but that's coming up next week. I'm going to record it on Monday afternoon after our show uh, in London on Sunday. And yeah, it's it's a, a Tuesday Night John Meets episode that I'm really looking forward to doing and, and getting uh, getting this person's story out there. So um, that's next week because next week would normally be the WrestleMania preview one where I give you a list of my ten favorite WrestleMania matches. Now I've done that today. So what you've got today is in a little while we will have my ten favorite WrestleMania matches. Um, before that though, coming up. This Sunday is Progress's fifth birthday. Our fifth birthday is strictly speaking on Saturday. Um, but it's our fifth anniversary on Sunday. And when we started, we ran shows every three months in front of 350 people. And now we run shows roughly every two weeks in front of 700 people. And wrestling has genuinely changed my life. Like I've always been a wrestling fan, but being a wrestling promoter and getting to be involved in wrestling... And also getting to know you guys and getting to be involved with the fans and seeing how much the fans love what me, John and Glenn and all our talented roster and all our helpers do at Progress, it blows me away. It is just genuinely, I love my life. I, I, I love my, my wife and my family and I, I love being a stand-up comedian and I love doing voiceover work and writing and all the other stuff that I do for a living. But there's something about taking something that I've loved as a fan for years and and making it a viable thing and and it lasts in five years that blows me away so i'm also going to do a list today of my 10 favorite progress matches but i'm going to use exactly the same criteria that i would normally use um for any of these lists if you're new and you've never listened to me do one of these list episodes before let me explain how this is going to work you cannot when doing these lists you cannot choose the same wrestler twice in your 10 favorite matches. So for WrestleMania in particular, <clears throat> it makes it really, really difficult <clears throat> because straight away there'll be matches in your head and you're like, oh, I'll definitely choose this, but then you can't necessarily choose it. So um, yeah, that's tricky. Um, you can't choose the same wrestler twice. You equally cannot choose two matches from the same event. So for WrestleMania, for example, you can't choose loads of matches from WrestleMania 17 slash x7 i want to call it 17 and um, you can't even though there's loads of great matches on that show you can only choose one so you can only choose each wrestler once and you can only choose one match from each show so you can't have two matches from from each show which has made it difficult to do both the wrestlemania list which i'll get to in a little while and also the progress list now what i'd like you to do this week when you listen to this podcast is give me yours. I've already had a couple of people do theirs in advance, which is super awesome. And they followed the rules as well. Um, but what I want you to do is give me your lists. Uh, write them in notes in your phone and screenshot them because you're not going to get them all in a tweet. Tweet me at Jim Smallman. Use the hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw. And I just want to have a look at them and, and see what you're thinking. See how whether I'm along similar lines to what you guys are thinking. <clears throat> or if I'm just... I'm completely off out on a limb. Definitely do your WrestleMania one if you want to do a Progress one as well. That's cool. I mean, this this show is primarily the WrestleMania list sort of preview thing as we all get super excited because, you know, in a week, in a week and a day's time, I'll be flying out to Orlando, which I'm so excited by. Only my um, second ever WrestleMania. My first one was five years ago, one week after the first ever Progress show. Um, 
things have changed slightly for me. Um, and it's I, I can't wait to be out there. I can't wait to be out there. I can't wait to meet new Progress fans. I can't wait to go to WrestleMania and watch WrestleMania. Um, because I just love wrestling. It's the best, isn't it? Isn't it the best? It's the best. Right, to the lists. So, remember the rules. You can only choose each wrestler once. You can only have one match per show. Okay, got it? Got it. Cool. Okay, here we go. So this is my uh, top 10 progress matches of all time. If you want to watch any of these, demand-progress.com. It's like about five or a month. Go and watch. They're all there. Go and watch them all. Um, I'd heartily recommend them. I get asked a lot. Oh, I've just subscribed to Demand Progress. What should I watch first? Well, maybe take these 10 matches as a list. And if you go to our YouTube channel, search for Progress Wrestling on YouTube. Go to our YouTube channel. We do a top 10 collection of matches each year. Yeah, go and check those out. They're the ones that are voted for by the fans. These are my own personal opinion, and I'll try and explain why I've chosen them as we go through. Okay, so, five years of progress. These are the matches that I have chosen. <clears throat> At number 10, chapter 43, quite recent, um, we have uh, the Austrian-German team of Ringkampf, uh, Walter and Axel Dieter Jr. Um, weirdly, I'm going to Hamburg tomorrow for a gig and Axel Dieter Jr. lives in Hamburg, which is a weird, a weird coincidence. So Ringkampf, uh, Axel Dieter Jr. and Volta uh, versus the South Pacific Power Trip. Now the reason I've chose this is both the 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 uh, I won't say the German. It's difficult because Volta's so associated with WXW in Germany. The temptation to call him German is quite, but he's not German. He's Austrian, uh, and uh, Axel is German. Um, and then uh, they're both great. And the Kiwis are both great. Now, we've known these guys are great for ages. Dahlia as well, um, uh, the, the South Pacific Power Trips. Uh, uh, Valet, an occasional uh, wrestler if it's uh, a mixed gender match. And obviously, she's doing great things at women's wrestling herself. So, everyone involved in this match is great. All five people. What I think is interesting is the reaction that the crowd have given both teams recently... And it's a reaction, in theory, both these teams are heels. They're both bad guys, really. But the reaction they're getting by being brilliant at wrestling is is quite something. Um, I, I, again, both teams were involved in absolutely brilliant matches in Manchester this past week. Uh, the, the Kiwis were involved uh, against British Strong Style, the Progress uh, Tag Team Champions, and... Ring camp were involved uh, against the Hunter brothers, and the Hunters are a fantastic tag team. You know, absolutely, the chemistry that only brothers could get. And it was weird seeing some of the crowd go, "No, I, I like Ring camp so much, I can't even cheer for the Hunters, who are one of the most cheerable teams in wrestling." So um, this match just so hard hitting, so just wall to wall action. And even though in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't necessarily a match that meant loads it wasn't a title match or anything like that it was still just so good to watch so good to watch and I, I'm still I'm super pleased with everybody involved in the match I think they're all they're all fantastic and all still got so much ahead of them as well and so many exciting things we can do with all four oh sorry all five people involved in this match over you know the course of the next the next couple of years in progress which is it's really exciting when you're a wrestling promoter to know you can do that. So that's chapter 43, number 10, uh, Ring Camp against the South Pacific Power Trip. Number 9, I've mentioned this a few times on the podcast, uh, was at chapter 27, 
uh, friend of Tuesday Night Jaw, uh, Jack Gallagher, against Johnny Kidd. Now, I love this match because it's old school British wrestling, but with a twist on it. And it's amazing seeing someone who's, you know, mid-twenties, like Jack Gallagher, who's now out in WWE doing amazing things, wrestle this World of Sports style match with Johnny Kidd. But also Johnny Kidd bring the modern stuff to this. When I got to do the ring introductions for this match, one of my favourite things I think I've ever done is introducing the uh, introducing the start of this match is was a joy because I got to introduce it by um, explaining that Johnny Kidd made his wrestling debut in 1978, which is the year I was born in, and this was him making his progress wrestling debut. Uh, it was right. I think Johnny has retired now, and it was right before. He actually came to, decided to call time on his career. But what a gentleman Johnny Kidd was. It's very rare I asked to have my photograph taken with wrestlers backstage, but I had my photograph taken with Johnny Kidd because he's someone I watched when I was growing up and someone who I really, really appreciate. And he's a proper gentleman. Um, he's been down to progress since and, and been to watch shows and, and, and enjoyed them. And, and he's always welcome, as is anyone who's a, a legend in British wrestling to come down. But yeah, um, just I love that match. If you like your old school wrestling, it's, it's quality. So that's number nine, chapter 27. Jack Gallagher, Johnny Kidd. At number eight, uh, we have a tag team match again. Um, it's weird because I'm not a massive fan of tag team wrestling. I think I've pointed this out a few times, but there are a few tag team matches in this list. So this is chapter 34 up in Manchester, um, uh, and it's the London Riots against War Machine. This was their second match they had in their little mini-series. The Riots have been in tons of great matches in progress. Um, when they were part of Regression in that huge eight-man uh, multi-man tag match that had Will Ospreay's moonsault off the balcony and all that crazy stuff at the ballroom. Um, uh, I'd also say their tables, ladders and chairs match with the Sumerian Death Squad, fantastic as well. Um, they look great. and They're always great. They're always reliable, super reliable and super brilliant. Um, but, uh, my lord, um, War Machine, just, it, it made everybody raise their level. It's like the riots really wanted to raise their level to War Machine. War Machine wanted to prove a point in this country. Now War Machine are wrestling in New Japan and their career's taken off. And it's it, everybody in this match. It's so hard-hitting. I think it was voted number three in our best matches of the year by our fans um, for 2016. It just everyone in the match looks like a, a star. And it's it's absolutely brutal in places. Some of the stuff they're doing is insane. But they're two tag teams who work together a lot and really know how to do tag team wrestling. Some of the combination moves in it are so cool. So cool. So definitely check that out. That's number eight. Chapter 34, London Riots versus War Machine. Number seven. Uh, chapter 42, which is our first ever show in Birmingham. Um, I have Matt Riddle against Rampage Brown. Um a ridiculously hard-hitting match. I mean, we also have Will Ospreay and Adam Cole on that show. Um, but again, by my rules, it makes it a bit difficult because, you know, maybe maybe those gentlemen will be going a little bit higher up. But um, I love Matt Riddle. I, I'll, I'll, I'll get to Matt Riddle in a minute. Rampage Brown is someone who has been a Progress champion. He was the first Progress Atlas champion for the uninitiated. That's uh, our title belt for wrestlers over the weight of £205. We do that instead of having a cruiserweight belt because we like big lads wrestling. And... Rampage was a wonderful first Atlas champion. He was a wonderful champion when he was the Progress champion. Um, and he he's just a dude who's great to have around. He's brilliant with newer wrestlers. He's a nice guy. Um, but always super reliable in the ring. Super hard hitting. Obviously has one of the best entrance musics in wrestling. Um, and this match was 
unbelievably hard-hitting. We'd already had a great show. We'd already had a lot of surprises on that show. Finn Balor turning up at the beginning. Tommy End coming to the show. There was a lot of surprises. And Matt Riddle was a surprise because Rampage was defending his title uh, as open challenges and was doing a great job with it. Um, Matt Riddle winning uh, the title there we got a, a, a huge reaction but also the way that the match was put together it was because of Matt Riddle having been in UFC his his style of wrestling is really brutal you know he's really hard hitting and really violent and it, Rampage was exactly the sort of person to meet him head on and it was just a fantastic contest to watch as a note about Matt Riddle you may have noticed this if you've seen him wrestle anywhere apart from for progress he takes the progress atlas title belt with him everywhere I don't know if we're the first people to give him a title belt but I think we might be he's only been wrestling a year and a half and he's super happy to be atlas champion and that means a lot to us that our title belt means that much to him um so you know whenever we get to see him over here because we can't have him in the UK all the time it's you know it's brilliant that he's that enthusiastic to be here but also great that when he's wrestling in America or in Europe or wherever he takes the Progress Atlas title with him and spreads the word about our company. Good on you, mate. We appreciate that. So that's number seven, Riddle versus Rampage. Number six um, is from Sheffield uh, in December. Chapter 40, uh, the main event of that show, which was uh, Pete Dunne defending the Progress Wrestling title against Zack Sabre Jr. For me, this match, it's proof that these two chaps are two of the absolute best in the world. You probably know that already. You're a wrestling fan listening to a wrestling podcast, but come on. I mean, these guys are tremendous. Um, I know people choose to boo Pete Dunne because Pete Dunne is a bad guy, but you have to take your hat off to him and admit he is incredibly good. (laughs) I I cannot wait until this Sunday. We announced it yesterday, the, the, the main event on Sunday is Pete Dunne versus Mark Andrews. And I think we're... We're probably the last promotion in the world to actually have this match. They've done it in NXT. They've done it in PWG. It was Pete's first ever match, um, which I believe he told us on on the podcast over Christmas. So it's, uh, yeah, uh, just the, the thought of that. That match is going to be tremendous. It's going to be off the charts. And Pete can deliver in so many different ways. You know, in against Mark, the match will have high-flying stuff in and he'll counter it in that way. Uh, Pete's match against Jimmy Havoc at the weekend, you know, again, it's it, it was unbelievable how it was put together. Um, you know, it's it's a hardcore style of match, which you wouldn't think is Pete's forte, but again, brought it to Jimmy Havoc in exactly the same way. And with Zack Sabre Jr. doing hold for hold, chain wrestling, all the hard-hitting stuff, it is, it's a wonderful, wonderful match to watch. Um, and I cannot say enough good things about both Zack Sabre Jr. and Pete Dunne. I think they're both absolutely amazing. That's number six. Number five, two more of the best in the world. Um, Mark Haskins and Johnny Gargano at chapter 32, which was for this Smash wrestling title. Um, the pop at the end of this match, and uh, spoiler alert, but the pop at the end of this match where Mark Haskins won was just, it was brilliant. And because we were, you know, in our heads, we had it that Mark was going to become progress champion. And then obviously that got curtailed by his injury. But it, it justified for us that we were doing the right thing. We'd not done anything really different to Mark's character just realised Mark was getting cheered let Mark take the cheers and then just let Mark wrestle you know he'd been a heel for most of his time in progress and all of a sudden people just wanted to cheer for him because he's dead good at wrestling um, so this his match with his match with Johnny is great Johnny's one of the best in the world Mark's one of the best in the world it was the start I think of a, of a chain of events for Mark getting to do things like PWG 
which is just great for him. And he's, I believe he's back in PWG in April, which I'm super pleased for Mark with him coming back off of his injury. Um, and also, this was our first sort of big alliance with a, an overseas company. Obviously, now we're doing stuff with Evolve and we're doing stuff with w, WXW, but it was it was really cool to have Smash want to, to sort of trust us enough to let one of, in inverted commas, our guys win their title to, to further the relationship. I thought that was a really, a really awesome thing to have happen. So... Um, yeah, it's a, I can't do the match enough justice by just with words, but trust me, go and watch it. It's fantastic. At number four, another tag match. Uh, the final tag match of the list, though, uh, is chapter 21, all the way back at chapter 21. Um, and one of the best surprises we've ever sprung and an absolutely tremendous match. So uh, at the time, Progress Tag Team Champions, the Sumerian Death Squad, which Tommy End and Michael Dante, um, they came out, issued a challenge. We found a challenger for them which no one was expecting which was Roderick Strong and Adam Cole and um, I mean Adam Cole up until he wrestled for us in Sheffield against Will Ospreay um, in December Adam Cole had appeared for us twice both times as surprises um, and the pop each time was massive Um, the the pop for this tag match Roderick Strong coming out first and people losing their minds and then Adam Cole coming out and people losing their minds and then the match that followed it Oh, I mean, it set the bar for surprises that, I'll be honest, is difficult for us to top. But what a match. Um, the SDS, fantastic tag team. Obviously, Tommy uh, is now out in Florida. Um, but a, a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful tag team. Um, uh, and uh, Tommy and Dante, just tremendous to watch. Tremendously good for our tag titles as well. Um, really helped swell our tag team division. Because don't forget, when we started Progress, we didn't have tag team titles. I don't think we crowned our tag team champions. I'm going to say until chapter 12. But I could be wrong and someone's going to correct me. Don't correct me. I um, I should know better. But yeah, that's uh, number four. SDS versus uh, Cole and Strong. Number three. This is the oldest match on my uh, favourite ten matches in five years of progress. Is Mark Andrews um, against Paul Robinson. Now this was the first Natural Progression Series final. The winner of the final got a title shot at a time of their choosing um so mark andrews won in a and this match is fantastic like a lot of this is to do with what followed it but the match itself is fantastic so um paul robinson then very much a good guy very much a high flyer absolutely wonderful at what he did he did mark andrews you know how great mark andrews is tremendous match between two really really great wrestlers um and we had that as what the fans thought it was the main event. So uh, that that's uh, Mark wins. Mark wins the National Progression Series. Eddie Dennis, his best mate, comes out. They're celebrating. He's crowd surfing. It's genuine. Everything feels properly joyful. Uh, and then he decides he's going to cash in his title shot, like there and then, against the then champion, Rampage Brown. Rampage Brown comes out, um, kills him for a couple of minutes. Mark rolls him up and gets the, what looked like a fluke win. Everyone goes completely crazy. The place goes completely garage where we were in at the time in Islington the place becomes completely unglued it's one one of the best reactions I've ever seen to anything in wrestling ever and years and years of being a fan absolutely amazing and then um, a person we banned from the company because he beat me up on the show before Jimmy Havoc walks in the front door threatens to set the building on fire threatens to set Mark on fire kill everybody uh, we have to give him a title shot he beats Mark he takes the title and uh, we we went from being uh, in that in 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 the space of those three matches, one full match and two very what one one full match, one very short match, and one just beating that kind of counts as a match. 
we went, and again, my choice, my choice is Mark against Paul. I'm just mentioning the stuff that followed on for afterwards. But it, that match, the reason I chose that match is because it was the catalyst for the events after it, and the events after it led to you know our rise as a company. We were already doing pretty well, but that was the thing that it, it really kicked us into gear and made us real realize as as promoters and all the wrestlers within us that we can tell some pretty awesome stories. And it led to two years of chaos with Jimmy Havoc as champion. So um, it, it was, and it, and it cemented Mark as a, a permanent underdog, super babyface in the company. Always gets a great reaction whenever he comes out. Because if you've been a fan of the company for a long time, you remember that he is a former Progress champion, but he just he only held it for a couple of minutes, you know. So yeah, is he going to get the chance again? It's, it, it, I'm I'm super proud of that. Number two on the list, chapter thirty-one, my favourite match of uh, twenty sixteen uh, within our company, um, is Marty Skull, the villain against Chris Hero. Hero versus villain, we build this. Um, special t-shirts were made by Mr. Hero. I have one. Um, uh, it's difficult to choose one Marty Skull match or one Chris Hero match for progress. Marty's obviously had more matches for us, but I don't think he's ever had a bad one. Um, you know, Marty had a fantastic match with Zack Sabre Jr. at Chapter 1. Marty had a fantastic match with Will Ospreay when he won the progress title. Um, uh, Marty has had great matches with Jimmy Havoc including the no disqualification match in Sheffield he is a wonderful wrestler Chris Hero had this match with Marty Skull which is absolutely off the charts brilliant but also had brilliant matches with uh, Mark Andrews and Volta and Tommy End during last year's Super Strong Style so it's it's a fantastic match that I think is the peak of of, of, of of both of their their volumes of work so far within progress because it's just tremendous, absolutely tremendous match. Um, one of the most hard hitting things I've ever seen. Uh, I mention my wife a lot on this podcast. My wife does not like strikes in wrestling. She's not a fan of forearms and stuff like that. The only person she allows, uh, she appreciates strikes from. She likes Shibata's kicks and she likes Chris Hero's elbows. Um, so <clears throat> yeah, um, that match, tremendous, absolutely tremendous. And then finally. Uh, we get to my number one on my uh, top ten favourite matches in five years of progress. And that is at chapter 20, Will Ospreay versus Jimmy Havoc. Uh, it was the, uh, again, spoiler alert, title switch when Will Ospreay uh, won our title. The end of a massive storyline. The end of Will Ospreay's hunt for the title. The end of Jimmy Havoc's near two-year title reign. Possi- I mean, they'd already wrestled each other a few times, and this was the most chaotic match they could have possibly put together. In those situations, sometimes chaotic main events can be a bit too chaotic and a bit too overbooked. This was just... It was chaotic, but the, you only have to look at the reaction from the crowd when Will actually won the title. It is unbelievable. Um, if I could change one thing about the match, um, and I, I genuinely think it's it's one of the most perfect matches we will ever have. If I could change one thing about this match... It would be that I didn't count the pinfall. Not because I didn't appreciate the symmetry and the fact that I counted the pinfall when Jimmy won the title and I counted the pinfall when Jimmy lost the title. Neither of these were my idea. They were always the wrestler's ideas and not mine. I don't like being involved in stuff like that. But the main reason, I don't mind having counted the pinfall, but I wish um, I wish I hadn't because um, I, um, I put my hand in a drawing pin and it really hurt. And I also got a drawing pin in my kneecap and in my shin. And I'm aware I came off definitely came off better than the lads in the match did but yeah uh, there was it was just a, it was a 
it was an amazing moment at the end of the match, seeing sort of at the end of Jimmy's reign, which was fantastic, and seeing the beginning of Will's and seeing Will with tears in his eyes in the ring. And it, it's not, you know, it wasn't pantomime. He meant it. It was, it meant a lot to him. And it, 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 it both men's, both men's performance in that match, both men's performance throughout their progress careers and both men's title reigns mean a, a lot to us. So, you know, I think that's, that's my obvious number one. So, um, I'm quite pleased with that list. It's hard though, because there's a lot of stuff you go, oh, but what about, oh, you know, because it's, it would be really easy to put, you know, Mark Andrews against Chris Hero in, but then that takes them both out of other things. So if you follow my rules, you can only use each wrestler once in the list. You can only use one match per show. It makes it tricky. So now if you're a Progress fan, brilliant. Let me know. If you're not a Progress fan, maybe go and check them out on Demand Dash Progress. Um, but now, I think we'll get to WrestleMania. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. So, my top 10 WrestleMania matches of all time. Again, send me yours, at Jim Smallman on Twitter. Use the hashtag TuesdayNightJaw and let me know what you like at WrestleMania. What I've noticed looking at this is I thought I would end up choosing more matches from the 1990s than I did. Um, Spoiler, I don't think I chose any. Now, that surprises me because the Attitude Era is such a big part of what I love about wrestling. And and I know there's matches on this. So, right, I'm going to let you into a secret right now. There is no... I, I So, I think the second my second favourite WrestleMania match of all time is not in my list because of my rules. This how tricky it is. So, my second favourite WrestleMania match of all time... Um, if my rules did not count, so an absolute no-brainer to put in a top 10 list would be WrestleMania 13, Bret Hart versus Steve Austin, a double-turn match, which is an absolute five-star, wonderful match. But it's not in my list because one of those men may be elsewhere in the list. So um, it's tough. It's really tough. Um, 
I'll get this explained my way through it and you'll be yeah there'll be times when you'll probably be mad with me I apologise but they're the rules you can only choose each wrestler once or you can only choose one match from each show okay so here we go at number 10 it's last year so um, Wrestlemania 32 uh, Charlotte versus Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks um, I I love this match I think it was the best match at Wrestlemania last year um, obviously Tuesday night your debut just after Wrestlemania last year um, <clears throat> and I, I enjoyed Wrestlemania last year it was it was quite long we, I think we all, we're all aware of that and I know a lot of people didn't like the result at the end because of, of what happened in the main event but apart from that like I, I enjoyed it as a show I will always enjoy Wrestlemania in the same way I'll always enjoy the Super Bowl and I'll always enjoy the FA Cup final some of them are absolute standout classics some of them are just good shows the problem we have with WrestleMania is we have a certain level of expectation where we want every single one to be like our favourite one from the past. That's not always going to happen. So, um, But I did think that this was crowning the, the inaugural Women's Champion at WrestleMania 32. Um, I could easily have chosen from that show. I also really liked Chris Jericho and AJ Styles. Um, so I could have chosen that. Um, but I think it says a lot for wrestling that there were good matches at WrestleMania 32. But the best match at WrestleMania 32, in my humble opinion, was a women's match. I think that says a lot for how wrestling has moved on in the last four or five years. Certainly in the time that I've been running progress, women's wrestling has changed. You know, it's no longer for purely there for titillation or for or to, to tick a box. It's there because women's wrestling is great and people really enjoy watching women's wrestling, as they should. It shouldn't matter what sex someone is, what race someone is, what religion, what sexual persuasion. It shouldn't matter. You should just enjoy watching wrestling. And it's great that three incredibly talented women put on a great match at WrestleMania 32. <clears throat> and I'm acknowledging it in this list. So I think it's great. And there's never any question of it getting in either. So uh, excellent bout from WrestleMania 32. That's number 10. Uh, Charlotte versus Becky, Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks. Charlotte wasn't Charlotte Flair then. So I'm not, I'm not demeaning her by only giving her one name. At number 9. Um, 14 Minutes of Fury I have at number 9 um, I have what many people think is the greatest Wrestlemania match of all time um, I think it's a wonderful Wrestlemania match um, uh, and that's Wrestlemania 3 uh, Randy Savage versus Ricky Steamboat now when I first watched this now I didn't watch it my first Wrestlemania was after this that I watched I watched this because my friend Richard who I was at school with had it on video and I believe Wrestlemania was WrestleMania 3 a double video box set? I forget, the old Coliseum box set videos, the ones that were purple. I think it was a double video box set. But I remember watching... It took me ages to actually watch that show because I didn't have much interest in the main event because I wasn't familiar... Because I came to it afterwards. I wasn't familiar with the legend of Andre the Giant and stuff like that. And obviously I wasn't party to the build-up to the show. So I didn't realise what a big deal it was. <clears throat> also, I've been going to football matches for years, so seeing like 90,000 people somewhere didn't necessarily seem like a big deal. Now, as a promoter, it really does seem like a big deal. When I was a kid, I wasn't too fussed about it. When I eventually got around to watching it, I really enjoyed Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat. Steamboat wasn't someone I was that familiar with in my uh, WWF-loving days as a sort of 12, 13-year-old. But Randy Savage was someone who I always loved. I thought he was brilliant. And uh, <clears throat> I think... I don't think you'll find many wrestling fans who don't appreciate how great Randy Savage uh, was. He was absolutely wonderful. Um, and this, for me, set the benchmark for great wrestling at 
uh, uh, the biggest show of the year. I mean, this is still for many people the best technical wrestling match that probably WWF had on a main show in the 80s, at least. Certainly for the first five or six WrestleManias. I don't think you could argue there was much better than this in terms of pure technical wrestling. And it does still stand up to the test of time. It's not like watching the Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat matches, the Ric Flair, Terry Funk matches that were five-star Dave Meltzer matches. They don't necessarily stand up in the same way to modern wrestling fans. I'm a 38-year-old dude. I get this. I get why I enjoy it. I think if I was to show this to my 16-year-old nephew who likes wrestling, he wouldn't necessarily... He'd appreciate it's a good match. He wouldn't necessarily appreciate that it's a great match. It's aged well, but not aged perfectly. Also, I've read too much about this match, which is why it's not higher up the list. Because I know how how sort of it, it was quite rehearsed, um, and like, I mean, as a as a promoter, I'm I have to sit wrestlers down and say this is what I want out of your match. I'm not going to tell people how to wrestle, but I'm always impressed when you see wrestlers pretty much work out a twenty minute classic in five minutes. That blows my mind. It takes a little bit of shine off of this knowing that it was super, super, super rehearsed because it's how both men like to do it. That's cool, though. You know, it was a brilliant match. And, and if you're thinking about it, if I was wrestling in front of that many people, I'd want to make sure I got it right. So I'm not criticising them for that, but it does kind of take the edge off of it a little bit for me. So that's number nine, Savage against Steamboat at WrestleMania 3. And number eight, um, we have WrestleMania 28, which I was at, uh, previously mentioned, um, one week after the first ever Progress show. Um, uh, it was my favourite match on the show at WrestleMania 28. I did enjoy the whole show. Uh, Chris Brooker was sat next to me. He will back me up when uh, when I say that I was really annoyed at Daniel Bryan losing the title really quickly. But we'll be back to Daniel Bryan in a bit. In the grand scheme of the, the longer term, the much longer term story, I'm not mad about it anymore. Um, but yeah, there was a lot. Uh, the, the main event was uh, uh, John Cena against The Rock, and it was huge in The Rock's hometown, and it was amazing being sat uh, in Miami and and seeing the different reactions. That The Rock was super over with everybody, but seeing some people like John Cena, some people didn't like John Cena, and seeing that you know how do we deal with that? But it was my first WrestleMania. Like, it just it was my first WrestleMania, and I, I really enjoyed it. And one of my favourite wrestlers was in the match that I've chosen for this at number eight, uh, which is CM Punk against Chris Jericho. I've been a huge punk mark for years and years and years and years. Gutted he doesn't wrestle anymore um, because I would have certainly loved to have seen him in person again, um, but adored this match. Um, thought it was fantastic. It's It was for the WWE title. It was a semi-main event right before um, Cena against The Rock just as it was getting dark and it was just it was absolutely fantastic match between two fantastic wrestlers you know and I think it's Chris Jericho and CM Punk are very similar in terms of 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 their sort of ability to be both very good baby faces very good heels uh, both got a certain attitude about them which which sets them apart from just being a generic character um, and the match itself was was fantastic so um, yeah Love that match, and there's just something special about being at WrestleMania again. Like, I can't wait to be there uh, a week on Sunday. I'm just it blows my mind that I get to go to things like this, and 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 that me being a wrestling promoter and a comedian and doing stuff that I like enables me to be able to go to WrestleMania. It's, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I love Sam Punk, Chris Jericho. Uh, I thought it was a great match. That's number eight, and number seven, 
This is from the first WrestleMania I actually watched on the TV. Uh, I remember my friends at school telling me about it. We had Sky. I got my mum to record it. Um, she couldn't work the timer, so bless her, she stayed up until the middle of the night to actually record it. Uh, it wasn't on Sky Box Office, it was when all the pay-per-views were free in this country. Um, it's WrestleMania 6, and it's the main event at WrestleMania 6. It's the Ultimate Warrior against Hulk Hogan. Um, I, as a child, hated Hulk Hogan. Hated him. I, I think I've said this before on the podcast, I have never particularly been into into super good guys. I... I, I find it hard to like them and maybe that maybe it's because if we're being analytical maybe I just don't like myself but I never liked Hulk Hogan I never liked being and also I think it's partly from being British he was all American and I'm British so I was like mm, no not that fussed uh, you know when I was a kid I really liked the British Bulldog and I, I really liked I really liked heels so I really liked um, heel Jake Snake Roberts I like the Million Dollar Man I like Randy Savage um, but I did like the Ultimate Warrior because as a kid, there was a very visceral intensity that he carried when he came to the ring that just made me excited. Now, I know now as a wrestling promoter and an annoyingly tedious smart fan that this is a match between two guys who, let's be honest, are not renowned for their wrestling ability. The Ultimate Warrior um, was known for beating people in two or three minutes and being super intense and running around a lot and doing his gorilla press and then his big splash and winning and hooray and his crazy interviews. And Hulk Hogan was known for his style of interviews backstage, his charisma certainly, but pretty much every match that Hulk Hogan had was him getting beaten up and then hulking up and recovering. Now, what happened here is, you know when two negatives make a positive? That's what happened. Like, it, 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 it's, it's two guys that I wouldn't expect to necessarily trouble my top ten in any other regard. Maybe, um, I mean... Warriors had other good matches with Randy Savage, for example. And Hulk Hogan's had other good matches. Um, but not to this level. This level, this is a fantastic match. And it does stand up to the test of the time, purely because the high stakes, Warriors Intercontinental Champion, Hulk Hogan's the, the WWF Champion at the time. Um, it's winner takes all. They're both baby faces. It's in front of a lot of people in Canada. It's It's perfect. It's perfect. I think it's the perfect Hulkamania era match, even though Hulk doesn't win. I think it's it's tremendous. It's, it's the best match either of them ever had as well, certainly. Um, and for me, it just it, it was a main event that I'd already loved the rest of the show because back, WrestleMania six, I think it had probably about fourteen, fifteen matches on it, and it felt really colourful and bright. And when you know you're a kid, like that stuff's important to you. But this match was just yeah, it was mint. It's, it, the, the the surprise of Warrior winning as well. Because even as a kid, I didn't I wanted Warrior to win, but I didn't think he would. So the surprise of that happening was was a big deal to me too. So that's number seven uh, from WrestleMania 6. Ultimate Warrior against Hulk Hogan. At number six, we go back to WrestleMania 30. Um, and I've chosen the main event, which is Daniel Bryan versus Randy Orton versus Batista. Now... I could have easily chosen the first match on the show, which was Daniel Bryan against Triple H. Because what I love about this is WWE, a lot of the time people will say, oh, WWE doesn't listen to the fans. This is proof that they do. You just have to be patient sometimes. Because wrestling is a never-ending storyline. We've said this on the podcast before. It's not. There's no season finale. It's going to carry on. And it's always going to carry on. So when I was, and I mentioned this before, when I was at WrestleMania 28, 
and I was super pissed because I loved Daniel Bryan and I loved him on the indies and he lost his title in eight seconds or whatever it was. I was so pissed about that. But it all it did was led to Daniel Bryan's WrestleMania moment. And Daniel Bryan's WrestleMania moment came about because, if you remember the Royal Rumble that year, people lost their mind that Daniel Bryan, you know, it... it, it the whole the whole build of of no one expected you know Daniel Bryan having to wrestle twice on a show and the crowd being molten for him the entire show is just oh it's it's the sort of reaction as a promoter you dream of getting out of somebody and, and Bryan being the ultimate underdog and going into that main event and all the shenanigans all through the show it's wonderful and uh, yeah and and let's not forget as well Randy Orton and uh, Batista did their part in the match that match is. Dave Meltzer gave it like I think four and three, maybe four and three quarter stars, which is a lot. And you you may not have watched it at the time and gone, oh, it's a really good match. Go back and watch it. It's a, yes, I get the reaction is the big reason that people love the match, but the match itself is constructed well and excellent. So um, yeah, that's my choice there. Daniel Bryan, uh, Randy Orton, and Batista number six from WrestleMania thirty. So, number five. Where's my number five on my little list? Where's my number five? Hang on a minute. There it is. Couldn't see it. Couldn't see it. My own email that I've sent myself. Now, this is going to be a point where you go, uh, what, Jim? Wait, what? So, this is from WrestleMania 2000. Now, you'll see why. I couldn't choose a match that you're going to say, but why didn't you choose this one? And a lot of you, when you put your list together and you tweet them to me at Jim Smallman, using the hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw, you will choose the more well-known match from these guys. But I've chosen from WrestleMania 2000, Edge and Christian versus the Dudley Boys versus the Hardy Boys in a triangle ladder match. Um, I know what you're thinking. Why didn't you? Yeah, just try not to overthink why I didn't choose the other one. We'll get to that. Um, it's my rules that have caused that. So... Um, this was Edge and Christian's first tag team title, which is surprising when you think about it. You think it took them till two thousand to win a tag team title? They were around during the Attitude Era, about ninety, I think, maybe late ninety eight, early ninety nine. Edge debuted. Um, there's still tables involved, but it's the beginning of a series of unbelievable matches between those three teams. Um, and there's something about when I watched it the first time round, seeing seeing this chaos the first time round. That means you're not desensitised to the violence and you're not expecting bigger and bigger and bigger. Not that there's not a ton of ridiculous bumps in this match, because there are. Um, It's fantastic. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast before. My wife, when she was at school, her nickname was Jeff Hardy. She didn't tell me this until about three or four months ago. It's because she kind of had dyed hair and she looked a bit like him, apparently. Which means I can never look at my wife or Jeff Hardy in exactly the same light again. Um, But... A great match. WrestleMania 2000 was a... I mean, I remember more WrestleMania 2000, the video game, than I do WrestleMania 2000, the pay-per-view, if I'm honest. Um, But I was still still a university student at the time. Yes, I was still at uni. So, um, yeah, but fantastic match. Uh, Triangle ladder match for the tag team titles. Uh, Edge and Christian. The Dudleys, the Hardys. That's my number five. Yes, I know I haven't chosen TLC. You'll see why. It's my rules fault. I'm sorry. At number four, um, we have WrestleMania 20. Now, um, I've not chosen the main event from 
this again, partly because of my rules, um, but partly because I genuinely prefer this match. Um, so the main event at WrestleMania 20 was Chris Benoit, Shawn Michaels, Triple H. A, fanta- a wonderful, wonderful match. I rewatched it the other day. Mind-blowingly good. Um, but the match I've chosen uh, was a couple of matches before that, and that's the uh, late, great Eddie Guerrero against this year's Hall of Fame inductee, Kurt Angle, um, for Guerrero's world title. <clears throat> now, I-, I-, I love this match because I love both the men involved in it, who I think are two of the finest wrestlers of a generation. There is there's no question about that whatsoever. I've been going back and re-watching a lot of Eddie Guerrero matches over the last couple of weeks. And just realising how absolutely amazing he was. I knew he was amazing at the time. But having a little break from not having seen his matches for a couple of years and going back and watching him again. Just go and watch some Eddie Guerrero on the WWE Network. He's so good. So good. And it's such a shame he's no longer with us. Um, So I like this more than the main event. It also has the best... As a promoter, I don't always like roll-up finishes at the end of matches. Because... They serve a purpose sometimes if you want a big surprise, but if you have a show where you've got three or four roll-up finishes, you can see the fans, no pun intended, rolling their eyes. But in this, it's the best roll-up finish ever involving Eddie Guerrero being smart and loosening his boot. And they even used it. They called it back at the show later in the year as well, which is just stupendous storytelling. I cannot praise it enough. So yeah, that's number four. Guerrero, Angle, WrestleMania 20. And number three... We go back, but two years. What are we thinking? Really? Yes, really. To uh, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 31. Now, um, this is where obviously Seth cashed in his money in the bank, won the title about 12 minutes into the match. At this point, the the match was already really good. The match had blood in it, which is a rarity. um, That I think just came from Reigns and Lesnar just being nutcases and pummeling each other. And it was really super, super intense. But the atmosphere was a bit odd because we talked about it on the podcast before. People's reaction to Reigns isn't exactly universally positive. I think Reigns is great. I'm not going to knock him. You know, is, is he my favourite wrestler? Probably not. Do I think he does his job really well? Yes, I do. Um, and if you're going to choose to boo him, you're already booing him. So it's fine. It looks like he's got The Undertaker at this WrestleMania, so he's going to get booed. It's just one of those things. Um, but he's doing a good job and you can't say he can't wrestle. Him and Brock Lesnar, two guys beating the living daylights out of each other. And then you have the drama of Seth Rollins coming out. But he doesn't just come out and cash in and 30 seconds later he's the champion. You know, there's still more to it than that. And it's just... There's something... Just watching Seth Rollins run down that ridiculously long ramp is is just the the pop it got from me at the time. I, I lost my mind a little bit, if I'm honest. So, yeah. Love it. Love that match. Rollins, Lesnar, Reigns. WrestleMania 31. Uh, the start of Seth Rollins' uh, uh, title reign, as it were. Um, just sadly uh, curtailed because of knee injury. Um, also, the callbacks to the Undertaker match the year before. Um, little sort of things like this. So, Reigns, I think, took three F5s in a row, but kicked out, which Undertaker didn't do the year before. You know, it's it, it's that's a little thing that's building on something that Lesnar's done. And whilst you may criticise and go, well, Reigns should be able to kick out of the Undertaker. No, you, but you're not looking at the bigger picture. The bigger picture is... That Reigns is, in theory, younger and fitter, so would be able to do it, but it just helps elevate him a little bit. Everybody in that match came out of it elevated, and I'm still a big fan of it. Okay, now we're at the business end of things. Number two. What do you think it is? Have a guess. Okay. Number two is WrestleMania 26, The Undertaker 
versus Shawn Michaels, the second one, the no disqualification one, the one that's absolute insanity, and the last match of Shawn Michaels' career. When I was a kid, I think I've told this story before, but I remember being maybe 13 or 14, and falling out of love with wrestling, because Vincent Mann on commentary one day said the line, we're not entirely sure if The Undertaker is alive or dead. And as a kid, a fairly cynical teenager, I just went, no, I'm out, I'm done. And for a long time, even during the Attitude Era, The Undertaker was always a huge personality, but he wasn't necessarily having the ridiculously good matches that he's had in the last decade. Um, One example, I'd say, of a brilliant match would be him against Shawn Michaels again, uh, the Bad Blood Hell in a Cell match, which is absolutely fantastic. So he could go and he could have great matches. He had great matches with Mick Foley as well. Um, But often, during during the 90s, early noughties, wasn't always necessarily given the best opponents. Um. Then he's just had this streak of wonder matches as a Shawn Michaels, um, leading up to to this being Shawn Michaels' final match. Uh, obviously, Michaels had the one with the Undertaker the year before. He had the one with Ric Flair in Orlando, um, but this match, I adore it. Yeah, I mean it's it's so over the top and so. I mean, it could be it could be a New Japan main event. There's there's that much. Kicking out of finishes and going really over the top and literally going to have to kill me to make me stay down for three. But it's it's brilliant. And again, with, with Shawn Michaels, I, I appreciate his work in the Rockers, but then when he was Intercontinental Champion, yeah, I wasn't that fussed. And, it, and it, it's only through hindsight I've gone back and realised how great Shawn Michaels was. But Shawn Michaels, with his, 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 his better attitude, shall we say, towards the end of his career... And putting on matches like The Undertaker. Two men who, you know, should have been long retired, going faster than you'd see kids go on an indie show is it's it's a wonderful match. And, you know, I'm fairly sure I'm in a hotel tonight. I'm fairly sure I'm gonna watch it in the hotel again tonight because I I adore it. I think it's brilliant. So we get to number one. Now I explained before that I would happily have put Bret Hart against Steve Austin in this list. Because it is it's in my 10 favourite matches of all time, full stop. But that's if I'm not using my rules. But because I'm using my rules, I mean, it would not take a genius to work out that one of those two men is probably in my number one. And also, it probably wouldn't take a genius to work out that because I couldn't choose TLC, that WrestleMania 17 is probably involved in my number one. And my number one favourite WrestleMania match of all time is Steve Austin versus The Rock in Houston at WrestleMania 17. It's arguably the best WrestleMania ever. A lot of people have said it's the best WrestleMania ever because of this match and because of TLC and everything else on the show. Uh, Triple H against The Undertaker. Loads of brilliant stuff on this show. Um, This is... Austin and The Rock had loads of great matches. This is the best Austin-Rock match. Full stop. Um, It's Austin's last great match. He still has good matches after this. This is his last absolutely great match. Um, And... Because it involves a heel turn at the end in front of native Texans, it the ending of the match is surreal and sets up a whole new realm of storytelling. So it's 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 a bizarre match, but wonderful. Um, Steve Austin on his podcast does um, an episode of his podcast. Go back through his archives and have a listen to where where he talks. He basically talks about this match and how they were thinking about it going through, and there's blood involved and there's each other using each other's finisher all the time like they're playing WWF No Mercy and it's just it's so good I expect a lot of you to choose this match in your list um, but it makes it my rules make it difficult 
because I could easily have chosen the, the Hearts-Austin match, WrestleMania 13, which I think is one of the finest wrestling matches of all time. I just like this like half a percent more, and that's why it's my number one. Makes it difficult, doesn't it? you got, you know, 30, 32 WrestleManias to think about, so I'm going to leave it in your hands. So go and work yours out. Uh, remember the rules. Only you can only use one wrestler. You can only use each wrestler once in your top ten list. You can only have one match per show. Remember those rules. Uh, you can do the progress one as well after five years of progress if you want. But I'm cool with that. Just do the WrestleMania one if you choose uh, ahead of uh, WrestleMania in uh, uh, a week on Sunday. Um, once again, just to let you know what's going to be happening. Uh, with Tuesday Night Jaw. Next week, uh, I've got a special Tuesday Night Jaw meets with uh, a certain someone. Uh, again, not a huge name. Depends on what you'd like out of wrestling. For some people it will be, but but not necessarily the biggest name, but I think one of the best stories I've heard in wrestling in terms of his background. I'm really excited to be doing that. Um, then, whilst I'm out uh, in Orlando, I'll probably get together with a few of the people doing uh, the Progress Show out there and Evolve and wherever else I'll find myself and I'll chat to a few people and see if I can get something up on the Tuesday while I'm out uh, in Orlando because I don't come back um, until the following Thursday and then I'm going to miss my wife and my son Um, and then um, the week after Wrestlemania so it'll be April the I want to say 10th or 11th or something like that we will do the usual round table with myself and hopefully Scroobius Pip and a couple of other guests where we will actually digest WrestleMania plus NXT plus the Hall of Fame plus the Raw after it everything see the new direction that WWE is going after WrestleMania um, uh, about a week and a bit after the event itself you got that cool don't forget keep rating reviewing recommending this podcast to people give it a few stars on iTunes that really helps tell people about it point people at jimsmallman.com slash tnj that's super helpful um Probably at my website in general because there's a stand-up special you can download there. If you go to Orlando, download it onto your computer and watch it on the plane. It's only an hour. It's quite good. I like it. Um, there is obviously, of course, as well, progresswrestling.com, demand-progress.com. And please support every single podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network because it means a lot to us that you do. And it means a lot to me that Pitt put my little podcast on his network because we're coming up to a year. A year of doing Tuesday Night Joy. It's exciting, isn't it? So, um... Maybe I'll do a list episode of my favourite 10 podcasts. I'm not going to do that. Don't worry, I'm not going to do that. Um, so, cool. Um, I'll see you with a very special Tuesday Night John Meets episode next Tuesday. Um, let me know your WrestleMania list and your progress list if you get a chance to do one. Um, I'll be very interested to see what you guys are into. Uh, in the meantime, have a good week. I will speak to you next week. Thanks for listening, guys. See you later. <laughs>